Why does Jesus tell Nicodemus that he should not be surprised? One, because he was surprised. Number two, because he shouldn't be surprised. And number three, because Jesus wasn't impressed. Number one, because he was surprised. This is John chapter 3 and verse 4. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Maybe Nicodemus simply misheard Jesus. Or some say that Nicodemus took him too literally when Jesus declared no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. But in actual fact, Nicodemus understood perfectly what Jesus was talking about, entry into the kingdom of God. This was a theological discussion between Nicodemus, a member of the elite council of elders, and Jesus, whom Nicodemus himself acknowledged as a teacher from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him, Nicodemus said to Jesus with the utmost respect and admiration in verse 2. Nicodemus thought he saw the signs of God's kingdom through Jesus' miracles, through his remarkable insight. Perhaps there was something about Jesus' presence, external, authenticating evidence. Uh, Jesus immediately replied, you cannot see anything of the kingdom of God, not unless you're born again. What is needed is a complete and total transformation of the individual from the inside out. That surprised Nicodemus. This old man knew how impossible it was for people to change from his own experience, from his own reading of scripture, from the history of the people of God. Nicodemus knew that no one would make the cut. Yet for Jesus, the kingdom of God was not simply a new change in government. It consisted of men and women remade in the image of God. That's number one, because he was surprised. But number two, because he shouldn't have been surprised. And this is verse 10. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Nicodemus was surprised, but he shouldn't have been. Scripture foretold the new birth. As Israel's teacher, a title equivalent to a professor of divinity, Nicodemus should have understood that what Jesus was talking about was nothing new. These promises were written in God's word. This means that the Old Testament holds the clue in understanding the previous verses spoken by Jesus. Verse 5, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. What does it mean to be born of water and Spirit? Some suggest a 
division between the natural and the spiritual births, the water representing the amniotic fluid surrounding the fetus, describing the physical nature of the first birth, the spirit representing the inner regeneration brought about by faith. More likely, however, Jesus is clarifying the first statement in verse 3. In both statements, Jesus begins with, I tell you the truth, no one can. Or verse 3, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. To be born again is to be born of water and spirit. The prophet Ezekiel foretold the day when God would redeem his people Israel by cleansing them of their sin and giving them a new heart through the sprinkling of clean water and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He says in Ezekiel chapter 35 and verse 25 onwards, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This must happen. And Nicodemus should not be surprised because God has said clearly in his word that this would happen. Number three, because Jesus was not impressed. Chapter 3 and verse 11. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. Nicodemus thought he was paying Jesus a great honor by recognizing his theological credentials. He called him rabbi. He risked his reputation visiting this small-time preacher from Galilee, a small city of no importance. Hence the secretive appointment after hours. He even called him a man from God. Jesus was not impressed. Many today respect Jesus for his good teaching. Many today call Jesus a prophet from God. But like Nicodemus, many today reject Jesus by their show of respect. He's just a teacher, just another good man. Verse 12, I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Again, Jesus refers to the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, records the time when the Israelites were traveling through the desert, being led by God to the promised land, but grumbled against God and rebelled against him. This is Numbers 21, verse 5 onwards. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. 
the people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. God then told Moses to make a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. If anyone was bitten, all they had to do was to look. Look at the bronze snake and they would live. It was a strange solution to a serious problem. People were dying, yet those who had been bitten were commanded to look at a replica of the very thing that had afflicted them, a snake on a pole, and they would be saved. It was a reminder of their sin, but Jesus says it was also a picture of the cross. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus says that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. When we look to the cross, we see Jesus taking the penalty of our sin and our death, the only sinless one bearing my sin and giving me life. This is Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We are not we are not meant to look at the cross and be surprised to see there our sin and judgment. We are not even meant to be impressed when we see our Savior, our God, on the cross. We are meant to be born again. By His wounds, we are healed.